You know, it's the start of the third year of the lapse. I find the stories of everyday people, and I'm about to use a word here that sounds extreme, but it's true. They enthrall me, as I hope they do you. Now, I'm always on the lookout for more stories, so if you have one, I want you to email me. You don't have to ever have done anything like this, and heck, it's actually even better sometimes if you haven't. Just email me an idea, that's all you need to do, a paragraph, a little bit about yourself. I promise I don't bite, and I'm at stories at thelaps.org. On that note, this is a show supported entirely by extraordinary people. Extraordinary people like you. It, it's not quite minimum wage, but it's close. If you like the show, if it's moved you, I do have lofty goals of minimum wage, and you can help be part of what I do here and send a tip my way. There's bonuses in it too, a 20-minute exclusive episode, mini-sodes, uncut interviews, interviews with my mother, all that and more at patreon.com slash the laps. I appreciate whatever you can give. With that said, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Lap Storytelling Podcast, where we tell true stories, gussied up. I'm your host, Kyle Jest, and today we've got one of those stories where you know something's off. You might even think you know exactly what it is, but as is the truth with real life, for Megan Hargraves, it's not the what, the how, or even the who, where love can get a little bit complicated. It's the why, which is why I'm calling this one My Fair Lady. See with your ears. This is The Lapse. My family always teased me that Hiram was a catfish. Catfishing. The act of courting and specifically manipulating, using a false identity, another into an online relationship. What if? And I'm reading this article, I'm like, this is weird. Some of this stuff seems like weirdly familiar. You know that feeling when you like bite your cheek and like your whole body kind of just like tingles for a second and your ears ring? I feel like my first crush was in preschool when I was four or five. He shared with me these like giant sparkly crayons. I was pretty heavy and so I got, I got made fun of a bunch. I was boy crazy though, like I had tons of crushes, but I never was. Once I lost weight and felt better about myself and felt like I was prettier and I knew other people thought I was pretty, I kind of started to form myself around that. This is embarrassing to talk about. I had quite a few boyfriends. My sister termed me as a serial dater. Hi, is Megan? Whoa, hormones. I definitely tried to date guys who had, like, the same religious views as me. A member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. People usually call Mormon. No sex before marriage. I walked the walk, but... I mean, like, I snuck out of the house several times at night to meet up with boyfriends. I didn't know that they knew. This was kind of new ground for my parents, because None of my older siblings had relationships while in high school. We're taught, it's kind of a guideline, it's not like a black and white rule to avoid dating before 16. I started dating at 14. Part of me wishes they were a little bit more strict, because then I wouldn't have gotten myself into trouble in some cases. <sighs> doing things with guys that I shouldn't be doing according to my religion. Wow, yeah, sorry. I don't announce that to the world, but here we are. I don't know. It, it was probably, I mean, mostly just spiritual trouble for me. 
according to what we're taught. Put another way, in the Museum of Mormon Dating, exhibits our look. Don't touch. And sometimes you just feel like ducking under those little velvet ropes. Cue, of all things, Twitter. This random guy follows me. Similar values, lots of spiritual tweets. And he's like, I know why I know your last name now. It's because I know your sister. Turns out that Megan's sister and this guy, his name's Hiram, by the way. Very classic, you know, Mormon name. They both served in a mission together. Weird connection, but kind of cool. Missionaries within our religion come in contact with thousands of people. I asked my sister, I'm like, do you know this person? Do you, do you recognize their name? And she's like, no. Hey, says Hiram. Can I just, like, text you or something? LOL. Much to Megan's surprise, their chit-chat becomes conversation. We would text daily. I mean, it's not like we, we wouldn't have conversations texting. I mean, we'd talk on the phone. Problem is, while Megan is single and Hiram turns out to be a pretty handsome fella, Hiram's in Texas and Megan's in Utah. I went back up to school in August. This friendship I had developed. I'm the type of person, I mean, I'm a tad bit introverted. I was going to grasp onto that because it was really comfortable for me. I want to spend time with the guys that are here. I want to make friends. And I feel like I can't really do that when I'm worrying about talking to you all the time. Catfishing. 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 Manipulating. Manipulating. And I told him about, you know, things that I hadn't really ever told anybody experiences in my life that I had had that were really hard to recover from. Hey, he says. I want you to know that what you told me, like, it doesn't change how I feel about you, you know, things like that. And that was kind of big for me because I had never confided in someone in the way I did with him. He says he has feelings for her. He says, Megan, if you have feelings for me too... You can tell me. Oh my gosh, maybe maybe I do have feelings for them, and I just have been being stupid. Sign here, please. He sent me, like, flowers to my apartment. I actually sent him my very, very favorite book of all time. And I had, you know, highlighted that book like crazy. It's like a second Bible for me. So, with all the sudden romance, you might be thinking, when are these two lovebirds going to meet face to face? Well, the first time he was going to fly out was in October. He didn't. We were going to spend Thanksgiving at my parents' with him. I skipped my class to have this phone conversation. It's the week before Thanksgiving, and he tells me, like, I'm sorry, I can't come. He's been telling me for 30 days that he's going to be coming. I'm not. I'm not going to keep doing this, like, me and my past and all these flaws that I felt like I had. I cried a lot that day. <laughs> he would not leave me alone. He would send me, like, hundreds of texts a day, call me nonstop. It got to the point where I'd have to leave my phone at home. It takes a full month before Hiram relents. Every three, four weeks, Megan gets another text. And I deleted his phone number, and so I'd be like, who is this? Hey, I just got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. This fit 
six foot two man. I didn't respond because I wanted to rekindle a friendship or anything. I responded because I felt like I wanted to help somebody, even though I did not like them. Your whole body kind of just like tingles for a second and your ears ring. March 2015. I saw this article about catfishing. This person, says the article, reaches out to girls on Twitter. You guessed it. His name was Hiram, but I was dating somebody completely opposite of what they had told me. Not a white male, but a black woman. Megan doesn't know whether to laugh or cry. She does both. She gets in touch with one of the girls from the article, but she's been beaten to the punch. Seven other girls, at least, catfished by the same woman. What was she telling you? See, this is where it gets confusing to talk about. It's like, do I say she or he? She's a very complicated person. Mormon or LDS girls, that was her target group. But she also herself was Mormon. She is lesbian. She wanted to sustain relationships, but she still wants to be Mormon because she believes in the faith. She had built uh, an entirely like different persona that could have had a temple marriage, you know, had the type of marriage that we believe in. It like hurt my heart because I just know she's really misunderstood. I can imagine how that would be extremely hard to try and balance, but didn't really take any responsibility for what she had done. Plus, she kind of stole Megan's book. That might have been the end of it, too. Were it not for one Facebook message. Hey, someone from the Dr. Phil show has contacted me. I want to know if you would be open for being on the show. On an all-new Dr. Phil. It is one of the most twisted and bizarre love deceptions we have ever covered on this show. So they flew out to Utah. My hope was that everyone could leave their feeling a little bit more settled. They tell us she is here. The guy that you thought you were talking to is also here. I first met Hiram over Twitter. He saw my picture and he thought I was beautiful. He told me he loved me and he made me feel special. In love with the same man, but... They told us, we want you to talk about the story as, you know, you need to act like you don't know. We had to pretend like we didn't know that it was a girl. Was Hiram is here. And a surprising twist. Even though we all already knew. Hiram, the female Hiram, comes out on stage, the girls put on their best gasps, and the show runs through its typical shock jock moments. Did you fall in love with any of these girls? The co-eds and the catfish. They all say But Megan's focus is elsewhere. On what's coming out of Hiram's mouth. Not the words so much, it's uh it's her voice. You talk to people all the time, and not all of them started out with a relationship. Some of it was just casually talking, and it just got there. This is the person I was talking to. She didn't try and lower her voice more when she talked to me. I mean, in just the way she articulates everything, everything was the exact same as the person I had talked to. People, you know, on social media and things were like, how would they think that was a guy? She doesn't even sound like a guy. Your eyes tell a lot of the story. 
sometimes when I listen to podcasts, I don't know if you've had the same thing. Sometimes I cannot tell if it's a male or female speaking until it gets farther in. If you see that person, you can quickly infer, okay, they are female. They are, you know, African-American or they're white or male, whatever. You have this image in your mind that somebody is a guy. Your brain just kind of fills in the dots of, this is a guy I'm talking to. I could stare at her. But when I close my eyes and listen to her talk, it kind of like, it freaks me out a little bit. I've heard that voice so many times, and I was so wrong. You want to sympathize with Hiram. She's an outcast in her own community. Both faith and sexuality are at odds with her identity, but she rolls her eyes on camera. She's sarcastic, more righteous than she is apologetic. She uses people, but she doesn't see what's wrong with that. You can't say you're sorry and then make a thousand excuses of why you did what you did. Like, I feel bad saying that because I try to think the best of people, but that's, that's not an apology. That's I'm saying sorry because someone asked me to say I'm sorry. For at least one of the girls, Hiram's still texting. Remember that book that I sent? That book got me through some seriously difficult times. And I, 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 it's, a, it's a longer book. And there's no way you can recreate notes you've written when you felt them in the moment, you know? And so I was sad because I felt like there was a portion of like my personal history that was missing. One of the girls convinced her. And on my birthday, I got a package from one of the girls. I got my book back. I expected to be angry, you know, it's like, I think about some people like in life that had bullied me, which now, I mean, I'm past that, but for a while it's like, you still don't like that person. Yes, she's a master manipulator, but I, I think she had genuine feelings for each of us in some way, even though she was lying to us. She literally sustained relationships with us, like for what reason besides wanting that, even, you know, even though the way she went about it was horrible. When people would bash her, like family or friends, I wouldn't necessarily defend her, but I don't know. I legitimately wept because I just wished that she could find happiness in the way that suits her. So what she's doing right now isn't. You can't pretend to be another person and be happy. That's not happiness for her. For another woman, for another time I don't even know why we bothered to try Guess you always knew it right from the start But you couldn't resist playing with my heart That story again was shared by Megan Hargraves. I know most of you have never seen Megan or, or met her, so this might come as a bit of a surprise, but um, I don't know how else to say this. She is a 63-year-old South Asian male. No, I'm just kidding. She's a white girl from Utah. Uh, a huge thank you to this month's executive-level patrons, courtesy of Patreon, uh, Anthony Kentu, Cindy Krines, Rob Holcomb, Matthew Gibson, Richard Gwertz, Patrick Freeburn, Jill Galvez, Jennifer Cherney, Dan Lesser, and Haley Smith. If you'd like to support the show, I promise I use every part of the dollar. This is an indie show, well-loved, but still very indie. 
in all seriousness, uh, it brightens my day whenever I find out we have a new patron for the show. Uh, it would not be possible to run this show. If you'd like to join them, you can do so and find me at patreon.com slash the laps. My name is Kyle Jest, and this was The Laps. Thank you so much for listening. was the lapse thank you so much for listening this was the lapse thank you so much for listening